This episode of Today, Maybe Forever is presented in collaboration with the Atlanta Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs. This is Today, Maybe Forever. I'm Floyd Hall, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with photographer, photographic artist, Melissa Alexander. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing quite well, Floyd. How are you? I am well. So glad to have some time with you today, and I would love to know... What was or what is uh, your first favorite place in Atlanta to shoot photos? My first favorite place in Atlanta. Um, yeah, my first favorite place for photos, like as a setting, as a backdrop, or just um, a place in the world as you're as you're as you're existing. Oh, like in general, like not here, like here in Atlanta, or like just in general. Both Atlanta <laughs> in general, but since we're here, I've, I've kind of narrowed it down to Atlanta. But okay, yeah, but yeah. Um, my favorite place um, is, is is West End, West End Atlanta on the on the on the west side, going towards the west side, Southwest Atlanta, um, Southwest Too Strong. Um, I just it's 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 the backdrop for everything I've done for the most part. Any film, any um, most of my photos have been taken in West End, if, if not in my home, then outside. Um, like I said, all of my films have been done in West End. I try to keep it for my clients. I try to say, hey, there's a great park. We don't have to go over to Piedmont. There's West End Park. There's Perkinson Park. Um, there's Adair Park. There's so many parks over here that we could use. Why do we have to go to Piedmont? <laughs> so yeah, West End. We are in Gallery 72 the City of Atlanta's gallery. Um, the current exhibition on display is Rusty Miller, The Compassionate Eye in Forgotten Atlanta. And we're sitting in the midst of this work and just off the top, I would love for you to tell me what you think about the work. <laughs> um, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, this is, I feel something. Um, and I can't necessarily say what it is. I feel a level of nostalgia um, for a time that I wasn't a part of. Um, you know, this is well before I was born. These photos were taken. Um, but yet I still see us. I still see um, photos reminiscent of what I see now um, in Atlanta. Um, there's an energy, there's a feeling of family, of welcome, of overcoming um i mean i'm just overwhelmed overwhelmed by feeling so what what stands out to you um because in, in these images we see we see kids we see seniors we see um folks at play we see folks in life we see folks in their homes so uh what what have, what have, what have you seen that that resonates the most with you i would say uh the children the children uh, resonate most with me. You know, I have an eight-year-old daughter, um, so I'm often at the park with her. I'm often, you know, uh, she sees her friends on the street in our neighborhood, things like that. Um, and just seeing them at play, seeing the joy on their faces, um, you know, there's just some things that don't necessarily go away. And a child's laugh, a child's smile um, is, is one of those things that you know, time doesn't fade. Um, and so a lot of the photos are focused on children and their 
their joy, uh, even given the, you know, even knowing the background of what was happening in Atlanta at the time with the civil rights and everything, they didn't have electricity, they didn't have, you know, things, but here they are rolling a tire down the hill, having fun with what, you know, what they have. And I still see that very reminiscent today uh, in, the, in the children and just in people in general. Yeah. So the two words that always resonate with me with this exhibition are compassionate and forgotten. Mm. When looking at the title of, of, of this particular show. Mm -hmm. And so one of the reasons why I really wanted to speak with you today is because I feel like the word compassion is something that I get from a lot of your work, a lot of your portraiture. And that's always been something in the time that I've known your work, something that I feel is very strong and is a very common theme. And so I would love for you to maybe help me delve into that more um, about how you approach your work, how you approach this notion of compassion and, and maybe even intimacy when it comes to your work. Well, I could say um, first, thank you for noticing that in my work. Um, compassion is not necessarily maybe something that is celebrated as I think it should be today um, in our society. It's a very me, me, me um, idea that, that people have. And while I do think that, you know, maybe ego should be stroked a little bit, at the end of the day, I think we have a duty to our fellow man um, to help each other in whatever facet. Now, because my medium has to, happens to be photography, uh, my medium happens to also be film, I think that for my work, I have a duty to let people see their worth, to show them that they are seen, to show them that even in their most mundane conditions. There is beauty there. Uh, they're worthy of being celebrated. They're worthy of love. They're worthy of light. Um, and, and, and because, you know, I do fall into the minority population, um, a lot of my photography is based around that. Um, so when I, you know, just, when I'm walking around with my camera and I'm looking at my neighbors and I'm talking to them and I'm waving hello and you know maybe I see a baby outside that needs their nose wiped <laughs> you know I'll stop to wipe their nose and say hey where's your mama at um, because you know it, it goes it extends beyond the camera um, to my just my personal philosophy that we have a duty to help and to make each other better to build each other up and so if I can do that, not only just through my daily actions, but also have far-reaching capabilities with my camera, then that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I, I, when I started, when I started uh, photography, it was more just to capture things. Um, and I didn't feel like necessarily I was giving back. Maybe I was just doing it to, to try something new. Uh, but once I started seeing how my subjects reacted to seeing themselves. You know, a lot of people haven't seen themselves. They haven't truly taken a look at what they look like through someone else's eyes. They see themselves in the mirror, but it's a different thing when you see someone else looking at you. Um, and so I want to 
be that mirror that actually shows them who they are. Um, so I, I guess there is a level of compassion to that. Um, it's more empathy too. Um, understanding that we're all reflections of each other and that we get further together. You know, so if I can make you feel better, that makes me feel better too. Um, and it's not always as syrupy sweet as that. Um, sometimes it's sometimes it's much harder when you're taking pictures of harder conditions. Um, you know, I can think of times that I've taken pictures of of young boys. Uh, one was specifically 18, and uh, as I was taking his picture, a gentleman rode by on a bike behind me, and the guy I was taking a picture of, he yelled out to the guy on the bike and the guy on the bike rode faster and I was like why would he ride away from you like that and he was like oh I was going to take his bike right so I, I, I went through that but then you know 10 minutes later um, when I'm walking away he it starts to rain and he says to me you know are you going to make it home okay so you know it, there's a, it has to be a level of compassion um, just to deal with people in general, but especially when it comes to photography. You know, I could have judged him from that, but he asked me if I was okay. So, you know, it's like there's, you know, it's, it, I don't, are you picking, are you picking that up too? A little bit, yeah, it's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, I think I answered your question. You did. No, no. Um, and so, thinking about, about space, because we're, 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 we're in space, we're in this open air gallery space, there's life happening outside the window we see construction people walking on their daily walks of life and you, you mentioned catching someone in that moment of a moment that could have gone either way mm -hmm. um but there was space and y'all you created some space with him in that in that in that moment and i think going back to and this is i'm speaking from the perspective of someone who has witnessed some of your public um, installations around mm -hmm. photography mm -hmm. and the way that in which you create space in a very rapid way mm -hmm. for people to show up and be seen and be and, and you know feel like 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 they're valued in that in that moment so um, when you're creating these moments where everyone is, is coming in and there are they're sitting for you or standing for you or just being your subject what is your what is your thought process around that space between you and them or just the space that you're creating for them to be comfortable? To be honest with you, I think about what I would like. I think about what would make me feel comfortable. Would it make me feel more comfortable if a photographer sat down across from me and said, okay, turn like this, turn your head this way, and then boom, we take the picture and then we're done. Would I prefer for a photographer to sit down with me and ask me how my day is, talk to me, build a level of trust? Um, and so that's a large part of um, my process. And people have asked me about my process. Excuse me. People have asked me about my process before, and I just have to tell them that I, I like to know people. I like to know stories. I like to hear how your day is. I like to. Um, engage. I like to make you feel at ease. I like to know that we're, we're, or I'll put it like this, we spend so much time with our barriers up that even if just for a moment we can take our barriers down, 
how good would that feel? Um, and so I guess it could be, I guess it could be, uh, it could be surprising that in front of a camera is where somebody would feel comfortable. Uh, but when I take those photos, and they do let that barrier down for a moment, and they do smile, and they do open up, or maybe they don't smile, and they look very stone-faced at the camera, but when they see that photo, the point is that they smile when they see their photo, and they say, wow, I didn't know I looked like that. Um, it's important to get the most authentic photo to see the real person, um, not the fake smile, not the smizing, you know. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about who are you. Um, I, like I said, I just left a photo shoot with a friend of mine um, who's a photographer, and he was taking pictures of me. And as I stood there, and he was behind that camera, I looked at him, you know, I realized, oh, this is what it feels like to have a camera inches from your face. Mm. and. This is what it's like to worry about if this pose is okay. Um, but that lends to me being a better photographer. Um, and so, you know, what I, would, what I would prefer for anyone to pull from my photography is the humanity of it. Um, I want them to see themselves because see, it's an agreement between both my subject and myself. We make an agreement that I will, sh you know, take pictures as best as I can of them and in return um, I, like I take their picture but I hope that they take something from me in return whether it's growth or you know whatever it does for them um, but then there's also a third party and that's the audience and so I have to connect to my audience of course mm. but the subject also has to connect to the audience the audience has to connect to the subject so it's really like a triangular yeah. or circular or, you know, I'm not exactly sure what shape it would be, but there is a definite agreement that needs to be made between everybody who's looking at it that the audience can see themselves or that they can all see themselves in all parts. Does that make sense? I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Well, you know, I have the luxury of actually having sat for you mm -hmm. um, during one of your, your public sessions. And so thinking about being the subject. And this is coming from someone, I don't take many photos. Um, I usually take photos of things, but mm -hmm. not, I'm not often in my photos. And so I remember being very excited to, to be a part of that project. So this was, this was uh, Bloom, um, a project that was hosted at the Spelman College Museum of Fine Art. And it was, I think, a succession of Saturday afternoons, maybe, or Sundays, maybe. Saturday afternoon? Um, maybe like four in a row or four. It was once a month? Once a month, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so I remember being, being excited to be a part of that because it just felt like a community thing, but also a very personal thing that was... Um, it would be something that you could sort of cherish in a very micro sense. And so I remember looking at all of the photographs that were being posted. I remember getting my photographs back. And I remember feeling, and I think I, I even put this in the caption, that that was exactly how I felt or like exactly how I wanted to feel or, or what I wanted to express in that moment. I wasn't exactly happy. I wasn't, I wasn't exactly sad. But I was just feeling something 
and you captured that thing that I felt. And so not being able to really explain that feeling, but trying to explain my description of it in a, in a way, I think there's a level of, of empathy and compassion yes. and I think connection and, and, all, and all of that mm-hmm. that does bind you to that person in a way. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. And so thinking about that, thinking about how you've constructed these moments, where did that come from for you as, as a professional in the world? Where did, where, where, like where did these, where did the thought behind crafting these experiences come from? Hmm. <laughs> um, I'll say this, um, and like I won't speak on it too, too much, but you know, I have known what it's like to not necessarily like yourself. I've known what it's like to be in a very dark place and not feel like there's hope in certain aspects. Um, And so I now pour as much life and light and goodness and positivity into things as I can. Now, this is not to say that I don't have my bad days, you know what I mean? I do have, you know, I'm human. I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else, but you know, the world could be a lot brighter if we all just take the time to to be better, um, to be kinder. It doesn't take much, and it feels good, right? So when I would, you know, have when 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 my subjects would step up, you know, at, at Spelman Museum, um, and I'm so thankful for them, everyone that was there, Makita especially. They really looked out for me. They really took a whim. Like, they really took a chance on a whim. Um, and so, when I would have, you know, when, when people would be standing there in line, they'd come up and they sit down in front of me. You know, I, 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 I noticed that a lot of people would sit down, and the first thing they would say to me after I said, hey, how's it going? They would say, oh my God, I don't like how I look. Please just take a good picture of me. Or, oh my God, my hair looks crazy please take a good picture of me. Um, I realized that a lot of people didn't seem to like themselves. They didn't seem to like how they look. And yet, here they were about to have a photo taken because something was compelling them to do so. Um, I felt humbled and it was a little stressful (laughs) because someone is putting all of their, now I can't say insecurities, but someone is putting all of their, um, you know, the the things that they think about themselves, maybe the most, not most positive things they, they, they think about themselves, they're putting that on display in front of me. They're allowing me to see their vulnerable side. They're allowing me to see, you know, these different, um, these different sides of themselves. And so, you know, what, what, what could I do with that except to nurture it and to, to help them to get better? And the, the ones who, were most afraid to take the pictures, the ones who were most nervous and the ones who were most shy and closed off. Um, I let them see their photos before, you know, everyone else did in the, in the main gallery. Um, and, I, and I would show it to them. And the, like <laughs> this one girl, I remember a smile spread across her face so big and she was like, that's me. And the fact that I was able to help someone see that the fact that I was able to 
open them up so they could walk with their head a little bit higher and they could, you know, move forward with their shoulders squared and a smile on their face, like, yeah, that's, you know, that's really fly, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's really fly that I'm able to do that for people. Um, people have reached out to me specifically. They'll say, I heard that you were the photographer to shoot with if you're nervous. You know, that means something. That means that I'm, I'm living my best life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that means that, that means that I'm doing what I'm, supposed to do and so it doesn't surprise me when um, I'm thankful but it doesn't surprise me when good things happen to me because I make sure that I pay that forward I make sure that whether it's my photography or my film or just in general um, you know I, I want to be better and I want us all to be better so long way around <laughs> so for anyone who is who is listening at this point hopefully you can you can relate uh, at least my thinking around the title of this current exhibition with why I wanted to have Melissa here because I think going back to this notion of the compassionate eye mm-hmm. in Forgotten Atlanta I just felt like that was not a label that I would apply to you but I just felt like there was something there that I wanted you to be able to elicit and to really bring to the forefront in your own way. Um, mm-hmm. The work here in this in this gallery is different than the work that, that you do, but I do think that your 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 approach feels like you're trying to advance people on a yeah. very human level. Yeah. And so, one thing that I don't know much about when it comes to you is your film work. And mm-hmm. so, I would love for you to maybe talk more about your your film study and maybe what your your approaches and what your subjects are and just what your what your direction is in that mm-hmm. space um you know my my approach to film is very much the same as uh, my approach to photography is my film is basically visual portraiture um so the feelings that you get from looking at my still photography is the same thing but i want it to be an extra like i wanted it to be a little bit more like a little just sprinkling more um a feeling uh so as I move forward in my career, and and or maybe my career is finding me, the path is being like made clear. Um, I notice that I'm moving more and more into visual portraiture, film, um, and wanting to capture stories. And so, I realize with my with with that aspect of my work, I want people to slow down and look at the the details. Um, you know, photography can be so, like, can be so grand. Um, you know, you can make anything you want in just a moment, in a snapshot, right? But when things start to move, that's when they can change. Um, but there's still a level of beauty into it. So, like, a large part of my work, I think everyone has beauty. I'm a Libra, so I like things to look good. Um, I like for things to be harmonious um, conflict isn't something necessary that I, I, I look for um, unless it comes to me and then that's different but um, for my film you know like I want to show our stories um, whether it be documentary film or, or narrative you know or you know fiction or anything or drama or whatever it happens to be 
Um, I want to show us at our most authentic. Um, I want to show us at our lows and our highs. Um, our lows to let you know that you can get out of it and our highs because we're glorious when we're shining, you know? Even when we're light and our light is a little dim, we're still glorious. And so that's um, like moving forward, that's pretty much what I'm gonna be like most concerned about. I have um, my, my solo show is coming up in October and you know, people know me as a photographer, um, and you know, and then they know me doing doing some level of film. But I feel like my my work is shifting, and I'm moving away maybe a little bit from still photography and moving more into film um, because I feel like there's a a way to reach people more through like moving visuals. There's a way to get the message further. Um, and I know that my, my message is usually very clear. I just want to see it shine. So, you know, did you, I mean, was there anything specific about it or just wanted me to? <laughs> no, that was, that was great. That was great. Okay. Um, let everyone know how they can be in touch with you, find out more about what you're working on okay. and what you're passionate about. Okay. Um, well, you can find me um, at www.phyllisiller.com. Um, dot com. So it's phyllisiller.com, uh, basically like Phyllis Diller, the comedian. And um, same thing at Instagram. It's just at Phyllis, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S dot um, I-L-L-E-R. And, you know, please feel free to, you know, send me um, a message just to say, hey, say what's up. Um, book me for a shoot. <laughs> um, I also have a... Um, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna be having my solo show coming up. It's gonna be called "To West End with Love." Um, it's basically a visual love letter to West End, as the community that embraced me when I picked up my camera. I've, I've, I've had a camera since I was 16 uh, or 15 or 16. I asked my dad one Christmas. He was like, "What do you want for Christmas?" And I was like. Y'all want some turntables. I need two turntables and a microphone. I need a mixer. I need some records. Because I thought I was going to be a rave DJ. And that, that Christmas, my dad got me a camera. And so I've always been, you know, documenting. Uh, documenting, just taking pictures to the point where my friends would be like, Melissa, here she come with that, here she come with that camera. But when I got a quote-unquote real camera, a.k.a. a camera with interchangeable lenses, um, and I had just moved to West End, so this is about three years ago, and I just moved to West End, and I started taking pictures of the people around, and I realized I like this. And you know, you go through life, some people know what they wanna do when they're like four. Like, I wanna be a cop, I wanna be a nurse, I wanna be a pilot, I wanna do whatever. I wanna be an astronaut, which is what I wanted to be at five. But then things change, and so you, you search, and you're looking, and do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to be this? Do I want to be that? And I realized that photography and holding a camera in my hand had always been there. Um, so why would I do anything else? So now I'm just like super blessed to be able to do what I love and, and really live honestly and authentically. I told myself that once I went freelance last year and I, and I went into my job and I looked at you know, my desk, and I was like, yo, these people don't give 
These people don't give a shit. <laughs> These people don't give a shit about me or my daughter. They don't care. My daughter has a 104 fever. Wow, I'm so sorry to hear that. But you still have to be here at work. So I quit and I was scared. But I knew that I was moving in the right way, you know? I knew, I knew that I was moving in abundance. And I never saw another option for me other than to succeed. I mean, even when it got scary. So, you know, West End, West End is more than just a, a community that's being heavily gentrified. West End is more than, uh, I saw this man walk by one time and he, he was a, he was like giving a tour. Like it's a safari or some shit. He's giving a tour of West End. He's walking down my street and I hear him say to this group of maybe like 12, 13, 14, 15 white folks, he says, this area is largely untapped. When we had been there, you know, we as in us, our people, had been there for, you know, 40, 50 years. Months later, I meet a neighbor who's been in her home for 48 years, but now she has to worry about if she can afford property taxes and she gonna have to give up her home. That's wild, that's crazy um, and unfair. And like I said, I'm a Libra, so I deal with di diplomacy. You know what I'm saying? And you're not just gonna push us out. So my art, my art is not only to make people feel good, but it's, it's my act of, of, of activism. It's my act of, 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 of speaking about things that people don't wanna talk about. It's, um, it's, 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 it's countering the idea that we are only hoes and niggas and all this kind of thing, you know? We're not no jigaboos, we're not monkeys. <laughs> we're beautiful and they fear us. They fear our, our shine. And so that's what, you know, that's what, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to make it a norm to see the black person smile, to see them look regal. Like even this lady walking right here, you know what I'm saying, in the yellow. You know, we were, we were beautiful people. We like to be seen, you know? We, 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 we're flashy, we're, 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 we have depth, we, we're beautiful. Even when we were just standing there with our hand on our hip, you know what I'm saying? And we're waiting for maybe our Uber like this woman is, and she annoyed, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what, this is who we are. And I just wanna show that so that people remember and they don't get so lost up in their head. <laughs> Melissa Alexander, <laughs> thank yes, you so honey. much for thank your time. You. Thank you. Thank you, Floyd.